Good afternoon, folks. Welcome back to episode six of the Squats and Sober Thoughts podcast with your host, Max Larocque. It has been a little bit of a break here. Two weeks, I believe, to be exact. But I will be honest, it has been a fucking crazy month. It's been a hell of a month, but it has been a crazy month since arriving home from Dallas. So again, all good things. Definitely no complaints over here. Um, But yeah, it's been pretty fucking chaotic, to say the least. So I'm excited to get into it today. Uh, I'm not going to name the title of this episode just yet. I think I have it. At least I have one in mind. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to go with it or not, but we'll see how this plays out. I have some notes today. I don't know. I just finished my Sunday check-ins. Do changing it up the routine a little bit today. So we shall see. I've already spoken for like six hours today. So this could be a good thing or this could be a really bad thing. So only time will tell. But regardless, I'm looking forward to uh, getting some feedback on it. So... As mentioned, it's been a hell of a month. We celebrated our one-year anniversary at the gym. So for those who don't know, I am the co-owner of Free Fitness. We are a local gym here in Edmonton. And as of March 7th, we have officially been in business. Well, technically been in business for seven years. But this location has been open for officially one year now. So that was a, a great time, honestly, just getting to see the majority of our community All under one roof is always great. Obviously, we have members come in and out every day, but to get everyone together in a very celebratory way with some moves, muffins, and some classes that we were throwing was a really good time. I kind of always forget how much I actually enjoy those events and how much energy and I'm guessing dopamine I get from those types of events because it's just great energy. It's great to be around people who support you, you know, so lots of appreciation goes both ways, but either way, it was a hell of a celebration. So pretty exciting stuff over there. Uh, I have brought on a bunch of new clients. So Thank you to my clients who consistently continue to refer me. I had one person from the podcast reach out, one from my one and only blog on my website reach out. So uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. I don't know. The universe, I'm guessing, is giving me some little gifts here for being a good person. At least that's what, uh, I don't know, you astral astrology people seem to think. I'm also Aries and it's April. So who knows? Maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, yeah, it's been fucking, it's been good. So I have been slacking a little bit on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about that today and kind of why that is the case uh, as well. Any of my clients will definitely know this, but I have been upgrading my living situation quite drastically this last almost four months now. Um, for those who do follow me on social media, if you don't, you're missing out and you should follow me at Max LaRock Fit on Instagram. Fuck TikTok because I fucking hate that app. So fuck TikTok. But follow along on Instagram. Uh, for those who do, you will have noticed my new recent addiction to fake plants. And for the record, I would get real plants, but I live in a basement suite. So I only actually have one. I think it's a spider plant that'll actually stay alive down here. So yeah, part of the upgrading of the basement has... Yeah, it started small. Like I said, it started at the end of November and pretty much entirely changed the entire outlook of my basement. Um, so my landlords are fucking great people. Johnny and Kayla have been living here for a little over two years now, and I intend on living here for quite some time, to be blatantly honest. Uh, it's like within seven blocks of my gym. So, you know, the amount of money I'm saving on gas, the actual basement itself is fucking dope. My landlords are dope. It's an open lease. 
I walk to work, like life's pretty damn good. So I have spent uh, a fair bit of coin upgrading the basement and it's been a lot of fun. But for those who haven't or who are unaware, I guess I should say, I've been upgrading that. And theoretically, knock on wood, because it's been postponed by a month at this point, I'm supposed to get pretty much the last piece of the puzzle this evening. So those who do follow along, you will be seeing my MTV Cribs walkthrough of the new and improved basement suite that I'll be living in. Because yeah, it's looking pretty fucking dope down here. I'm not gonna lie, I'm just looking around as I say this out loud. And it's it's looking pretty fucking good down here if I don't say or if I do say so myself. A little Susie homemaker over here. But that's kind of what's been going on in, I guess, the personal and business life. So yeah, it's been good. Been loosely seeing someone since I did talk about dating a little bit. But to be honest, I'm not going to go into details because there's a fair bit of just some things going on in uh, her personal life, just with some family stuff. So that's we'll, we'll kind of leave it at that because that's where that's at. But alas, I have noticed a few things since coming home from Dallas. So first and foremost, obviously, when I did get back into podcasting at the beginning of January, um, my first episode was labeled or titled Compassionate Relapse. So for those of you listeners who do know, um, I have been weed-free. And today actually marks 91 days weed-free. So first and foremost, I am extremely proud of myself for accomplishing that. However, and not to be cynical... I have 100% transferred my addictive tendencies from weed to work. Uh, And I recognize that. And I have spoken at length about the parallel between workaholism and addiction and how Gabor speaks about it quite often and how essentially we live in a society that praises workaholism because we praise, quote unquote, success of others. Predominantly, that comes down to financial success and doesn't really look at the other aspects of your life or the other other areas of your life, such as your physical health, such as your mental health, such as your ability to be a good friend, family, you know, uncle, dad, mom, whatever it may be. And I've definitely slipped into that. And I recognize it predominantly because of the lack of respect I have shown my own bound to my own boundaries over the last 30 days. So, I mean, I believe I have two episodes talking about the boundaries and some of the practices that I had been doing essentially every day within that first 60 days. So things like the cold showers, things like the boundaries of my phone, being off my phone at eight o'clock, not allowing myself to just mindlessly scroll and do things that were not conducive to me having a good sleep. Um, eating good, yada, 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 all those things that I was practicing um, quite diligently within that first 60 days have pretty much gone the fuck out the door. And I know I've spoken about the negative ripple effect of what weed does and what alcohol can do and what anything can do, essentially. And yeah, I know that this largely is tied to the fact that I have been working like fucking crazy. And again, not trying to be cynical about it. And I am trying to highlight the successes as well, because I actually have had a record quarter for my businesses. So I'm definitely not, you know, mad about that by any means, but it's more or less the level of self-awareness and the recognition of 
the negative things that are coming about because of the success in the businesses right now. And again, a large part of that just comes down to the lack of self-respect I've shown myself within my boundaries that I've been trying to set since the beginning of the new year. So I'm definitely not negating the fact that I easily could have slipped into just smoking weed again post-Dallas. Instead, I just transferred my addiction from weed and substance to work. And I recognize that. So that's led to a couple of roadblocks. And just in the sense, predominantly with the podcast, to be blatantly honest, I've had time to actually record episodes. I just haven't felt like I've been in a good headspace to do it. And part of it is I felt like a little bit of a hypocrite, hypocrite to be 100% radically honest with you is I felt like a hypocrite announcing all of these positive changes that I was doing. And then knowing that as soon as I got home from Dallas, pretty much always went out the door. So I did feel like a hypocrite, which was one of the reasons that kind of prevented me from coming back onto the podcast. Also, I just wanted to make sure that, again, I was practicing what I preach. So 100% felt like a hypocrite in doing so. Now, one thing I did want to touch on was the 60 to 90 day struggle. So this happened actually the first time I got completely clean and sober as well from both alcohol and weed. So first 30 days, miserable, going through withdrawals, you know, it sucks. Days 30 to 60, you kind of feel like a new person. You actually feel clarity. You feel more driven. You have more energy. You're sleeping again. Your appetite comes back. All these types of positive things. So you kind of go from this like really down state to almost you're riding a little bit of a high because you actually, again, are finally sleeping and doing things that normal fucking people do. But between days 60 and 90, it's it's a lull. And that's probably the best way to describe it. The most accurate way to describe it is it's you fall into a lull. And for anyone who is within that 60 to 90 day time frame, whether it be with weed, alcohol, um, binge eating, food, dating, like literally fucking any, anything that you have been trying to manage more appropriately, whether it be in an addictive manner or just something that you're abusing and or overusing, whatever it may be. Just be really compassionate within with yourself within that 60 to 90 day time frame. Because reason being is it's very easy to slip up within that time frame. Because at that point, you know, you've been sober for 60 days now, you know, anywhere between 60 and 90 days, you sort of start to feel like you should have all of the answers and your life should just be magically fucking put together at this point. And it's almost disheartening to a certain degree within that time frame because you've accomplished something for, you know, two plus months at this point that you sort of think that you should have more answers and things should just have figured themselves out by now. And it actually becomes somewhat disheartening and almost very frustrating within that time frame. And I think this is probably one of the easiest times to slip up because you start to realize that, oh, shit, it's actually a lot of work that has to happen behind closed doors on myself for these changes that I want to have happen actually come to fruition and happen. And part of me recognizing the slip up into workaholism over these last 30 days specifically, I mean, truthfully, probably since January, but absolutely more so from the time I arrived home from Dallas, because like as mentioned, I just threw all of my boundaries and all of those positive self 
care practices that I was doing pretty much out the door. So all that to say, there's obviously something that I'm still running from. So addiction in a nutshell is a way to avoid dealing with one's thoughts, feelings, traumas, and emotions. And again, this can be addiction to exercise. This can be addiction to alcohol, drugs, porn, gambling, you fucking name it. It's even just addiction to busyness, right? This is a very common one that a lot of people don't speak about, but the addiction to always having something to do is 100% an addiction. If you need to you know, play on six different team sports and you need to go to the gym and you need to have hobbies and you need to have activities to fill your time all the time. You have to recognize that that's your way of coping and that's your way of avoiding what's going on inside of you. And it will come back to bite you in the ass. Again, not to sound too cynical, but it is the reality of addiction. And if we don't actually get to the root of it, it's very easy to just kind of, you know, let our lives kind of coast by and not really think about the things that we are avoiding until they come back to bite us in the ass. So again, I know I am very hard on myself, but I do recognize that me slipping into that level of workaholism over those last 30 days is a way of me running from something. So yes, it's absolutely more positive than me slipping back into weed and drugs and alcohol and yada, yada, yada. But I know that I am running from something. So part of what I'd like to do moving forward um, is not only going back to see my psychologist, but actually changing the practice of psychology as well in the sense that I'm actually hoping to do some EMDR therapy. So for those who don't know what that is, it's a pretty intensive form of therapy. Um, I would just say Google it and look into it. But one of my neighbors is a psychiatrist and I know he practices the EMDR and he says he's got a couple clinic, clinic clinicians in the uh, industry that he's going to refer me to as well. So I'm going to be getting into that. I do intend on talking about my experiences with that. Uh, I have a handful of clients who have gone through it and said it was uh, arguably the most painful thing that they've ever experienced. And yeah, it's a little, a little scary, but at the same time too, they've all said that it was absolutely the best thing that they've ever experienced because of the fact that it allowed them to move through whatever it was that they were trying to move through in regards to their own personal experiences, traumas, feelings, emotions, yada, yada. So that is something I plan to get back into quite diligently over the next six to 12 months. And just again, recognizing that I was using work as an outlet to avoid that. So with all that being said, I do want to talk a little bit about dopamine nation really quickly. And I'll explain why, obviously. But obviously, I did a whole episode on dopamine nation fucking dope ass book. If you guys haven't read it yet, you should still go read it, listen to it, whatever you prefer. But the reason I bring that up is so it is actually my birthday tomorrow. So I will be taking four days off to go to Canmore, which I'm super fucking excited about me and Lucita. For those who don't know, that is Lucy's Spanish name. Typically it comes out when she's being a bad girl, but she's very rarely a bad girl. So sometimes I just say it for fun, but her and I will be going to Canmore. And one of the rules that I had set in place for myself 91 days ago was I actually, I spoiled myself to say the least. And I had rented, yeah, rented myself an Airbnb back in January uh, for my birthday. And one of the rules that I had set in place, and I'm just someone who needs this type of barrier in place to stay honest with it, was that if I happen to slip up and use marijuana 
throughout that period leading up to my birthday, then I was going to have to cancel it to get my money back. So I rented a pretty ball in penthouse. I'm not going to lie, but I do intend on getting fucking baked for my birthday. So again, I want to be fully transparent and honest and authentic with this podcast. So the reason I bring up the dopamine nation is she actually, so Dr. Anna Lemke, the neuroscientist who wrote the book dopamine nation, she has an acronym for dopamine and I'll kind of go over it, but the last letter is E obviously for experiment. And basically what she talks about is if you feel comfortable enough with something, whether it be a substance, non-substance, whatever your addiction may be, um, the only way to know if you've kind of gotten control over it and can do it in a healthy manner, in a controlled and healthy manner is to experiment. So some of you may not agree with this, but that's totally fine because I'm a big boy who's turning 33 tomorrow and I can do what I want. But I do intend on smoking weed tomorrow for my birthday. So I want to experiment with it because it is something that I would like to do on a very irregular basis, like something every four to six weeks kind of thing, like at the most, Um, but do it with the right intent and do it with the intent to celebrate something, whatever, my birthday, a friend's birthday, an event, whatever it may be, but do it in a very controlled and again, positively intentful manner because I don't want to deprive myself of everything. And maybe that's not the right way to be looking at sobriety. Uh, I know there's you know a lot of positive ways that you should look at it. Like you should be looking at how much you're gaining, which obviously I do. I am very aware of what I am gaining from a financial standpoint, from a lot of other standpoints, but there is obviously, you know, I want to fucking smoke weed. <laughs> I'll be blatantly honest with you. I want to celebrate sometimes and I want to just have a little bit more of a regular life sometimes. I'll be blatantly honest with you. So I do plan on experimenting in Canmore tomorrow. So just to quickly go over the rest of the acronym itself, and this is sort of like her, I guess, methodology behind working through addiction. So D stands for data, O stands for objectives, P stands for problems, A stands for abstinence, M stands for mindfulness, I stands for insight, N stands for next steps, and E stands for experiment. And again, obviously there's a metric fuck ton of context and nuance to this. And only you are going to know if you're in a position to safely experiment with whatever your substance and or non-substance addiction or habit may be. So if you don't think that's right for you, then don't experiment. If you don't feel confident enough in doing so, then don't experiment. But I absolutely plan on speaking quite regularly about my experience with it, but then also my usage of it moving forward. So reason being is this kind of got brought to light. So I recently guested on a podcast for my client, Katie. It's called the Dry Hard Pod that her and her friend Casey run together. It's been going for about two years now. Uh, I guessed it on the podcast last week and I had a fantastic time talking with the two of them. It was just really cool to just get to know them a little bit more not necessarily Katie, my client, but just learn their stories behind their own alcohol-free journeys. And this is unfortunate. I hope you can't hear the fucking annoying dog upstairs right now. That's not Lucita. But it was just great to hear their experiences. So they got sober right around the same time that um, I did. And so it was interesting hearing their experiences during COVID and kind of what, what kept them sober and what has kept them sober throughout. And one of the questions they had for me was like, who, like, did I have support? And obviously I 
did have support, not in the sense that I could just kind of call a friend, like they had, you know, like a, essentially a sobriety buddy who got sober at the exact same time. I've definitely met great people over, you know, the internet since getting sober that I've created some strong connections with Katie, obviously being one of them. But for me, one of the most powerful tools for staying sober was expressing my experiences with it, expressing the feelings that I was feeling, expressing the thoughts I was feeling for essentially the first time ever, and just expressing it in a public platform. I spoke a little bit about I, my therapist and I have spoken about this in the past, like only, not only child syndrome, but baby child syndrome, where you just want to be seen, heard, validated. And I know that's a huge thing that I'm dealing with right now. So for me, as mentioned, I'm going to smoke and use in Kenmore, but I will be talking about my experiences moving forward just as a way to, again, stay fully transparent with you guys as listeners, but also to add the level of accountability that I know I will need following Canmore. So I'm excited for it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to absolutely fucking crush some pizza. But again, I only intend on using it the one night and then just enjoying the rest of my trip in the mountains with Luce. I actually, for the first time in over a year since the gym has been open, I am actually taking four whole fucking days off of work and it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, I've told all my online clients that I won't actually be getting back to them for those four days. I'm missing my first check-in in literally over a year. So it's uh, it's going to be a great time. I'm actually going to put my phone away and just enjoy my time in the mountains and make the most of it. Enjoy my 33rd birthday. Enjoy the year's worth of success that I've been kind of leading up to this point here. And uh, yeah, I don't want to punish myself. So I just wanted to get that off of my chest so that I felt good about doing so. And who knows? Like I said, it's been 91 days. I might smoke like two hoots out of a joint and be so fucking high-eyed and become so anxious because I'm so overly stoned that I might actually have a fucking terrible time. But again, I'm going to do it regardless. And uh, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to be 100% transparent with you guys as listeners. I really hate feeling like I'm on this pedestal sometimes. And as mentioned, that was part of the reason why I had a hard time getting back on here because I did feel like a hypocrite because people, as soon as they see you post something online, they just assume that, you know, you do that all the time. And, you know, for that brief 60 day period, um, within at the beginning of January, up until taking off to Dallas there, like I was extremely diligent with the cold showers and the sleep routine and the fucking exercise and everything. And yeah, I mean, just to be blatantly honest, it was definitely getting in the way. So I wanted to get that off my chest. So I did feel good about it. And with all that being said, that is uh, episode six, pretty much in the books here. So one thing I did want to actually ask, so you as the listeners, so pretty consistent right around like the 90 to 100-ish plus listenership on each of the five episodes I've dropped so far. So I'm assuming it's about 100 of the same people. If you guys have any ideas or topics that you would like for me to speak on, please let me know. If you don't have, if you're not comfortable in doing so, what I was thinking about doing was when I come home from Canmore was putting the anonymous questionnaire box on my stories. So again, if you don't follow me, make sure you do. If you're not comfortable asking a certain question, if it's quite vulnerable, whatever it may be, I want to put that up in my story um, just so you can ask it anonymously. So that way I can give some sort of feedback, perspectives, topic, insight, whatever it may be on it itself. And the reason I am asking you guys as listeners for help here is when I guessed it on Katie's podcast a week ago, 
it made me realize how fucking hard podcasting by yourself is. And as much as I do enjoy it, it's very difficult to do it by yourself, to come up with good topics, to make sure that I'm not sounding redundant, redundant in my message and making sure that I'm actually leaving you guys with some sort of positive takeaway. Now, yeah, one thing with that too, is I don't want to get in my own way. I think part of it was, as mentioned, I wasn't doing the things behind closed doors I wanted to be doing. Another thing was I felt as though I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, like each one of my podcasts had to have some sort of really big takeaway and some sort of applicable takeaway that you as listeners could implement right away. And when I do arrive home from Camemore, I just want to get in the routine of podcasting each week. So not necessarily having you know notes written up and a specific takeaway, a specific actionable takeaway each episode, but just getting on here and talking, especially as mentioned, I will be doing more or more actively going to see my psychologist and hoping to do some EMDR therapy. So part of that is going to be just, again, talking about my experiences with it. So if it's something that would be useful for you in whatever experiences you may be going through, then I want to make sure that more people know about it because again, I know it's a very powerful and or painful methodology, but it seems to be very, very conducive to you changing your life. And that is what I am in fucking line to do at this point. Cause yeah, fucking do. And I know that there's things that are still blocking me in terms of just sort of self-limiting beliefs. And I want to get to the fucking root of what that is. And to be honest, traditional talk therapy with all the psychology I read, I need something, you know, a little deeper, maybe more subconscious based. And yeah, I'm hoping that's what does it. But uh, the future will know, I suppose. So regardless, I appreciate y'all very much. Um, for anyone who does give me feedback on these episodes, I really genuinely do appreciate it. Even just taking the time to leave a five-star written review helps me out a ton as I do try to grow this podcast on my own. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to leave that there today. So I will see you when I am home from beautiful Canmore in my dope-ass penthouse that I'm for sure going to flex on Instagram before I take a little break. But regardless... Uh, thank you very much again, as always. This is episode six in the books of the Squats and Sober Thoughts podcast with your host, Max LaRock.